0: Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in a series we're doing called Living is Christ. And um, 15 weeks into this series. Those of you that come here know I do long series. But this one is winding down. Um, we've got this week and next week. And then we will wrap up this series that we've been in. And while we finished the verses that we were in in chapter 4, chapter 5, the first two verses could easily be a part of the end of chapter 4, and um, they sort of finish the, the thought that we've been working on. Remember, when, you, when the Bible, when it was written, wasn't written with all the punctuation in it, uh, and, and especially not the chapters and numbers on the like they wrote a line and then put a number on it. <laughs> what number was I on? Um, <laughs> all those were added later for us. And, uh, and so sometimes in a, when, you, when you're reading a passage and you, you see it flip to a new chapter, you think, oh, it must be. And a lot of times it's not the end of the thought. It's just where they decided to at some point in time to sort of randomly number it so that they could talk about it. Um, you think about how hard it would be to talk about things in the Bible if you couldn't sort of get close to them with some kind of numbering system. Uh, when the the message translation was written initially, which is a nice little uh, paraphrase—pardon me, not translation. When he wrote that, he didn't put any numbers in it, and uh, and so it was hard to use it as a reference. You couldn't find it, um, so they went back and added them after time because people were like, "Well, where is he?" Um, so we use those numbers. But um, when I when I go like this, we're still sort of finishing a thought that we've been talking about um, throughout this last part of the series and remember really the still the thread is we're putting off the old self we're putting on the new self the new self is in effect created by God in holiness and righteousness and the idea is like clothing and that it's the holy spirit who puts this clothing on us as we yield to him in the process and then we discussed the new attitudes of the new self mostly in contrast to the old attitudes of the old self and what's taking place on this entire journey. So we've, we spent a lot of time covering these things, and then we, we spent the last two weeks talking, you know, primarily about kindness, compassion, and forgiveness, and how those things should really be the, um, we should see those things being developed in us by the Holy Spirit as we continue on this journey, that, that we should be more kind, we should be more compassionate over time, and that, you know, we should definitely be people that are forgiving, and we, we looked at those things last week and talked about that. So, today, um, we're going to talk about being the children of God and what that means. And the next week, we'll end the series by looking at a life of love and what that means. But um, children of God, I think, is a great topic. Um, while I say that, let me say that um, some of you guys have been praying for my daughter and son-in-law. Um, that She had the twins on Tuesday. They're both fine. Everything went really well. And uh, they're home already, and they're doing great. And um, their names are Madeline and Margaret. Madeline and Margaret. They weighed one was four and a half pounds and one was just under five. Tiny but really cute and really good babies. So I was thinking as they named them. The cool part about naming your kids is you don't have to add six numbers to them to make sure it's available. It's a little internet humor. No? I also figured out it took it took us a lot less time to figure out names for our children than it did to try and name our wireless network. None of my grandchildren appreciate my corny sense of humor. So I like, like, you know, if we're sitting down eating lasagna, I like to say, well, lean over your plate. You'll get less on They don't like that. The older ones, you know, I'll say, hey, don't yell through the screen. You'll strain your voice. No. They don't like it either. <laughs> it's, somebody got it late. Took them to the zoo, and I said, do you know why that snake's not pressed against the glass? He doesn't want to be a windshield viper. Okay, I'm done with children jokes, grandchildren jokes, corny jokes. Scripture reading here on purpose. Ephesians 5 1 and 2. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So as I said, I want to talk about this first verse together um, and about being imitators of God and being dearly loved children. And then we'll end the series next week talking about living lives of love. So let's hop right in. Um, point number one, be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. Um, so I've, I've spent some time thinking about this all week. And, you know, I've, I've talked to some friends about it. And Um, I I like this idea, uh, and remember now you connect this with what we've been reading, is that children, um, most children, and and, you know, here he's talking about dearly loved children, but children um, like to imitate their parents. And think about it, you know, what child hasn't tried on his parents' shoes, or their jewelry, or put on their clothing? Um, they they like to do that. They like to dress up like their parents to imitate them. And, you know, it's not something that we tell them to do. They do it because they love us and they want to be like us. Um, it, it can be a little detrimental when we have bad habits. Uh, but it can be a very good thing when they imitate the, the you know, the, the good stuff that's in us. You know, like one of those things that's always hard to see is when your kids pick up something from you that wasn't a great thing uh, to begin with. And then you see, and you're like, oh. Um, but what a joy it is when you see them pick up some of the good stuff and, and begin to imitate those things um, in their lives. And really, this idea is the example that Jesus set for us. Uh, in John five nineteen. it says, Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So this whole sort of process has been modeled for us by Jesus. In my discussion with some of my friends, um, they brought it up this week that um, they can remember like learning to shave by watching their fathers. And that was a big deal, that that whole process. You know, these were things that were modeled to them um, that they picked up. And that those are... Um, uh, fond memories, uh, and and you know if you were blessed enough to have those memories, you know it's a it, it makes this whole sort of process um, even better because you you more quickly grab onto it. You know the the thing about uh, God's love for us is that uh, in in the in the order of things, the way He created them, children would be loved in such a way that um, that that they would just get the love of God. It would just make sense to them because they had been lavished by the love, you know, that the parents and people around them had. But because the, the world is so broken, um, oftentimes that's not extended to children. They don't get it the right way and it, it causes other issues. But here, you know, the, the, the thing that God is saying is, look, us, dearly loved children because He loves us so uh, amazingly. We're to be imitators of Him. So in effect, when you think about putting on this new self, this new clothing that the Holy Spirit is putting on us, created to be like Him in true righteousness and holiness. It's just like putting on Dad's clothing. And, and uh, in the same way that a child imitates his parent, this is sort of the process that's being spoken into us here. Just, just because you're loved children, you're to, you're to dress up now like like Dad, and you're to live like, like He demonstrates. You're to live in that process. And Jesus certainly modeled the, that for us. So um, we're, we're to sort of take that in in this whole thing now as we've been talking about this clothing and all the things that we're doing to be imitators of God means that, that you know, we want to be like Him That's, and, and that this new clothing um, is what we're to do so you know, compassion and kind and forgiving we start to pick up those attributes and, uh, that the Holy Spirit is developing in us and modeling for us um, in our lives so, so we start with that whole whole sort of idea. Okay, that's you know what he's doing in us, and and that's the model that we have. Now, what does it mean to be the dearly loved children of God? This is point number two. Dearly loved children of God. Let me read you a verse from John one nine through thirteen. The true light God. So so little letter A in your notes is that, that the first thing that happened is that he came to his own. He came to his own. So the, the true light that sheds revealing light on everyone uh, came into the world. And this was the world that he had created, the world that he made. So when he came to the world, he, he was coming in effect to his own, to um, that which belonged to him because he had created it. He came to his own possession. That's when, what Jesus was doing, his domain, the, the house of humanity that he had built for a dwelling place. That's what, the, the, that's what was taking place on this, uh, on this journey as Jesus comes. That's what's taking and, and going on. But little letter B, what you need to know, his own did not receive him, but his own did not receive him. So he came to his own. He came to that which he had created. For God so loved the world. Everything that he created that he, that he came. And this is the whole process. But John 3, 19 and 20 says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds Will be exposed, and so the light came into uh, his own, and and um, his his own were in love with the dark, and and so they didn't receive the light. Um, Jesus came for everyone um, that he had created, and uh, and yet some of them chose to not receive him. They said no. They would rather do what they were doing. They would rather go their own way. They would rather have their own way. They'd rather come up with some other system. They would rather whatever it might be. And so they didn't receive him. So this means that those who reject the light are not then the children of God. And this is, you know, culturally very touchy. So I want to try and explain it as carefully as I I can. God is not everybody's father. He's everybody's creator, but not everyone's father. And and the reason that that's important, because people, are oh, that doesn't sound very nice. Um, The culture likes to say that we're all God's children. Culturally, that's the acceptable, that's the the very politically correct thing to say, and I, I get it. But there's a fallout from that thought process that we have to be really, really careful of. Because what that makes it sound like is that all of us, because we're his children, are in effect okay uh, with God the way things are. And, and people culturally have started to go, well, you know, um, I'm basically pretty good. I'm kind of an okay thing, okay person, you know, and I know God's good. And, and so we're really okay and, and uh, everything's going to be well, and I'm his child, aren't I? And so, you know, he loves me, you know, and, and uh, a good dad certainly wouldn't allow something really bad to happen to me, so, uh, you know, I'm just going to try and live this thing out, doing my thing where I can, but, you know, in the long haul, trying to do more good than bad over time, and that should be enough, and I'm going to be okay uh, with God, and, and uh, I'll get to heaven, everything's going to work out all right. And, and that's the prevailing idea... Um, in our culture about God and heaven and the problem is that's not what the Bible has to say about that situation at all. In John 8 42 Jesus says to some very religious people by the way if God were your father you would love me for I came from God and now I'm here. I have not come on my own but he sent me. Very, very telling. Now, this was a group of people who said they loved God, but um, they didn't. They were sort of into the whole show and the whole I'll be good and kind of that whole process. And um, Jesus said that's not going to be enough because the the, the test of this whole thing about God being our father is whether or not we love his son. He says that right there. Uh, If God were your father, you would love me. That's what Jesus says. So we, we understand this concept is um, very important for us to, to make sure we get a hold of in a loving way, is that, that um, it, it's not all just okay the way it stands, and that's where culturally we have an issue. It's why we have a mission uh, of one more. We're, we're trying to reach lost people, because the, the, the thing is that everybody's not just okay there. Some people need to know what this looks like, and um, it's sort of an everywhere kind of thing. It's very, uh, it's like uh, there was another TV show that came out this, this year. Um, and I don't watch a whole lot of TV, but I was curious about it. I looked at it called The Good Place. And, and uh, in this show, the whole dynamic is, I know it's just a show, but these things are feeding into people, is that heaven is, uh, you get in there on, on a point system, and that's how you make it. And, and uh, if you don't have the right amount of points, you don't get in. <laughs> it's not, uh, but it's scary because people would think, oh, that's pretty close there. That's probably right. And, and it's so not right that it's a huge issue. So what's the difference? Little letter C, what, what he talks about is that we have to receive and believe um, in this whole idea of becoming the children of God. It's about receiving and believing. Verse 12 of John 1. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So we're to receive and believe. Now, what does it mean to receive? Receiving Jesus, and this is important, means that when Jesus offers himself to you, which is what is really happening in this whole process, you welcome him into your life for who he is. It means you... you, you receive Jesus um, as, as everything that he wants to be in your life. It, it's not some sort of peaceful coexistence with, with a Christ that makes no claims on your life. It's like, um, you know, you, well, you can come and stay in the house as long as you don't play your music too loud. And, and yet that's sort of the deal that, that people have gone to and they think, well, yeah, I've received Jesus. But, but you, you need to know that you're receiving him as he is. Everything that he brings, he's, he's saying, this is, this is who I am. And, and that's the idea of what it means to receive Jesus. And then it says to believe. And, and believing in the name of Jesus is the same as believing in Jesus. John 3.18, he says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. So the idea of believing in Him and believing in His same name are used interchangeably. It's the same idea. The name just emphasizes the stature and the dignity and the authority of, of who He really is. So what we're saying is that um, we, we believe in Jesus and, and we um, that He came in a miraculous way. That He lived a perfect, sinless life among us. That He willingly went to the cross on our behalf. Um, there He gave His life for ours. He died there. And then He defeated death and He rose again. And so, so that's the part that we're believing. That's what, what happened. That's the, that's the bottom line gospel Uh, message. That's what we're to believe about Him. And then we receive Him as He is, Lord, Savior, Master, Redeemer. And as those things happen, then we become the children of God, the dearly loved children of God. Now, He loves the world. Don't get me wrong. He loves creation. He's come to redeem creation. But you can see that some people haven't figured that out yet, and they reject Him. They'd rather do their way and go in the other, you know, whatever they want to do, and sort of leave this on the back burner. And then the problem is they can kind of water it down and go with that whole thought that, oh, you know, now, especially culturally, oh, we're all God's children, we're all okay. Um, but, but it's not. It's a bigger deal than that. And so uh, we, we need to know this whole thing so that we, we come all the way in. Romans 8, 16 and 17 said, The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. Now, if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. Now this is great news and we talked about the Holy Spirit um, just a few weeks ago and how amazing it is that He dwells in us. And the Spirit comes and testifies in us that that we're God's children. It's part of the promise. It's the guarantee. It's, it's this amazing working of God in us that he actually comes and He dwells in us as His children. And, and um, when that takes place and you become a child of God you also become an heir of everything that is His. Uh, and, and all that belongs to him is your inheritance. And, and in the resurrection, uh, everything that exists will, will be yours um, forever and ever. And now, though, we have now and forever full and abundant life that we've always ended into. And, and you know, the, one of my prayers is always, Lord, for our inheritance, since it's everything that belongs to him, Lord, would you give us the lost? Lord, that, that's, that's what our heart's desire is. Don't let us just kind of stumble through time and not redeem it usefully until you come back. Let us have a heart for this. Let us grab a hold of how important it is um, that we consistently stay a people of mission who care about the people who have not yet received and believed on Jesus. Don't, Don't let us, you know, sort of get softened up by the culture to the point where we can't lovingly help people on the journey. That we can't live this thing out in a way before them that that attracts them to who He is. And I, I tell you that all the time. That's ultimately what it comes from. It's us putting on this new self. And and this new self is, is filled with, you know, love and compassion and, 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 and mercy and kindness and grace. It's just filled with all those things. And it doesn't come off as, as you know, stiff and religious. And, and it comes off as this, this amazing sort of loving thing and, and that people can actually see it and respond to it. I've said, you know, that, that the senses get involved in this thing in a supernatural way, that, that, that people can, can and, and should be able to see that light at some level in you, sort of shining out of you in a way, that, that when you speak, because you speak the truth now and you're moving away from falsehood, that they can hear, they can hear with their ears, you know, the, the, the words that they need to hear, that, that um, you know, somehow when they, when you're with them and you're compassionate with them, they can somehow feel the the goodness and the love of God. Um, next week it talks about you know being a fragrance that they can they can smell, you know, that somehow we even smell like Jesus on this journey to a, to a point where it impacts people around us. And so so as his children, dearly loved children, desiring to be imitators of him, we put on his clothes, in effect. And and the very clothes that he's created for us to wear. And we live by imitating him. Um, sharing this good news with everyone that He's made a way for all of us uh, to come and to respond, to be His dearly loved children forever. And, 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 you know, I just want you to think about what that looks like and how how that should impact the way that we live our daily lives with this this understanding, not in a mean way that we're better than anybody, but but in a way that um, makes us understand uh, how important our mission is and that we remain passionate over it. That, that there's people that are lost who need to know the truth. And, and that it's our mission is to, is to be those people that help them in that direction, whatever that looks like. And, and uh, we do it with compassion and kindness and forgiveness. and Moving in His grace and mercy and everything is taking place. And So that's what I want you to think about um, in this week. How cool it is to have that sort of picture, putting on Dad's clothes and imitating him and and how amazing it is to be his dearly loved children and that that's our desire for the world around us that's all I have for today if you're watching my video thank you for doing that appreciate you if you need prayer you can go to the website and there's a prayer page there put your prayer request in and we will pray for you And we hope to see you very soon here okay what we're gonna do is move into our time of extended worship and um, that takes us a few minutes to get set up So let's get you standing. Let's go ahead and take up our offering. Why don't you stand with me as we take that up uh, together?